are going to truly change how people look at the industry, if I want to change how I was viewed by my general public, when I would say, I make stuff and they, well, what do you make? Oh, we, we have, we're in a machine shop. Oh. oh uh. yeah. So when are you going to get out of there? Yeah. When are you going to start pursuing the career? Right. It's not just a job, that's a career. Let me tell you that is a career. Cool. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hello, Metalworking Nation. This is Making Chips. We equip and inspire manufacturing leaders. And we are here at the IMTS TV studios, IMTS 2016. You hear the noise in the background. There is a bunch of high school kids here, owners of machining companies, and I have two other great guys here in the studio, particularly my good friend Jim Carr. Hey man, how you doing? Great, I mean, the air energy. is, the air is thick oh with energy God. here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, uh, it's, it's exciting, it's exhilarating, yes. it's contagious. Yes. I mean, I, honest to God, I keep saying this, but I've never seen so many students at an IMTS, I feel like I'm back in high school. I know. And that great. was a long time ago. And we have one of the coolest guys I in know. manufacturing well, he, here with us. You wow. know what, he's only wow. kind of cool compared to us. Wow. But he's we're, pretty wow. cool. I know. He, might, he might be cooler than us. <laughs> yeah, I, I, will, I will just, I, I honestly thought, you know, we, we've got to just talk about what well, pisses well, we me off. We need to tell people who you are. Yeah, first. We, no, can, we, can, we, can we just <laughs> jump in with this? Okay, this is Well, this is Jeremy Bauer from Edge Factor. He's a, he's a, great guy to know yeah. he's got a great story to tell and how he got involved in manufacturing and where his different now he's got multiple brands that he's working with and um, I just want to hand it over to you really quick and, and just kind of share with people a little bit about your story and manufacturing and where you're at now fast forward to today bottom line is uh, I am I'm looking at an escalator you know from where we are at INTS and that's a very familiar sight for me um, I came here when I think it was 21 years old to IMTS for the first time. And two years prior to that, there was a man at the top of the stairs here at the United Grinding booth who put me in his car with my uncle and he drove me over the border because I was from north of Toronto and he brought me to Ann Arbor, Michigan to see this new German technology that was four, soon to be five axis grinding. Revolutionary new thing that was happening, new design. It was. It was, as a young man, this bizarre world of making stuff. I didn't, I didn't know how to make stuff. My, I liked making forts. I loved working with, with jigsaws, and I remember cutting out little ships and stuff like that. So I loved making woodworking stuff. But the idea of using uh, you know, a machine that was controlled by uh, a computer to actually make something was very new to me. And so he drove us over the border. We looked at this machine. My crazy uncle, not being smart enough to realize you don't make it, a, a four-axis machine available to an 18-year-old young man who needed a summer job, quote unquote. And, and so at 18, I got into the five-axis world. I started programming. At 21, I went over to run actually the, it was an emerging technology. You know, the older people weren't into this. I was knowledgeable at 21, went to work for a Buffalo-based company, 
Uh, I bought many machines here at IMTS. That United Grinding booth, I spent many a day perusing new technologies here. I've been to IMTS over and over and over, first as a consumer and now helping you know, really bring people into the, the industry. Because it was funny, I, 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 I got into the marketing side of the company. I love to make cutting tools. So if you think about you know, Sam McCormon or some of the big brands, well, we were a niche company. We used a five-axis grinder to take a print from an automotive maker, manufacturer, maybe aerospace, and they're saying, look, we need to cut a certain geometry. I, as the cutting tool maker, would have to help come up so with So you were a, actually a tool grinder in the I was background. Tool grinder. I didn't know that. Yeah. I was a tool great. grinder. Wow. He told me that the other day. I'm like, yeah, yeah so we got to tell this yeah. story. Yeah. So, so for me, you know, that, that one little object, that raw piece of carbide, and then watching the square wheel go through that and pulling out this material and creating mm -hmm. a flute, and then putting clearance angles on that thing and then walking it from one side of the building where I was making it to the other side of the building and watching that thing carve out a piece of metal that would ultimately go on a motorbike yeah. or on a piece of the Mars rover or something yeah. that was being used by everybody, that blew my mind. Wow. You know? and, and then I would look at the people around me and I would say, you know, we talk about doctors and lawyers and hush tones like, ooh, someday if you're gonna be successful kids, you're gonna go be one of them, yep, you know? Yep. And I looked around at all the people that I worked with and I said, you know, the amount of knowledge that, that they have reinvented themselves over and over as new technology came out, as new CAD CAM softwares, as new CAD softwares, new machine tools came out, they had to adapt over and over and over and over and over. They're like doctors and lawyers and yeah, surgeons you, you all a, wrapped up in one place. You put, steel. Yeah, yeah. put, a, put yeah. a neurosurgeon in front of a machine tool, you wouldn't have a clue what to exactly. do. Exactly. You know? And, and the amount They're of years that go into under, understanding things like coolants and yeah. metallurgy per minute and yeah like you know, geometries of the tool oh I mean, my God. all that kind of stuff yeah. absolutely and so here i was you know in my 20s early 30s now i've got a family no debt got a house got new cars doing really well for myself and i realized that as i was growing this half of the company that i was now in charge of and was working with all these very talented people and I started getting to these, the marketing opportunities, I realized that I loved marketing, I loved storytelling. I loved the stories that were in our building. Oh, and so cool. for me, when I got out, I started, I, I did some media stuff in the, the software world. I was on contract with software company Market Them. I did a lot of, I did a lot of stuff in the music industry. And I realized I loved problem solving through media. So I called myself a new media producer. I never, I still... So you rebranded your persona. Yes. Yes, because if you think about, in, in many ways, what I've now been up to, I left the manufacturing world to work in media. I looked back and I said, whoa, there is a need to tell my colleagues stories. We're misrepresented. Why is it that I, as a manufacturer, felt like blue collar meant unsuccessful? I agree. Yes, absolutely. Amen. And yet, I was, I was to be embarrassed to tell people I was in the industry or my dad owned exactly. a machine shop. You were proud and to tell them you were a bartender, but embarrassed to tell them you were a machinist? Well, bartending was cool. Manufacturing wasn't. Exactly. It was branded as that old industry thing that their Uncle John lost his finger running a punch press 30 years ago when they didn't have things, you know, they didn't have safety regulations like they do nowadays. Or he wasn't smart enough to be a doctor well, or a lawyer just, or something I mean, like that's that. The way it no, was. I'm saying the perception. The yeah, perception. Which is not necessarily true, yeah. but, you know. Well, and, and I'm going to say some things here that may be a little controversial and you may want to just cut the mics at some point. Nah, but but, we but the, we're going to let you go. Yeah. But, but here's the thing, you know, so many manufacturers themselves are the worst marketers oh, for the industry. 
We talk about that all the time. All the time. Yeah. They're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because I'll, I'll tell you a few things that I've witnessed that I would say is really, really bad for the industry. When I go into a shop and the owner's office is way nicer than the working atmosphere for the rest of the shop, I have a real problem with that. Mm -hmm. Right, I, I believe it. Because you look at the software industry, and it is like the coolest place ever. Ping pong tables and all these things, and it's not just that they can afford that because it happens to be that they make all sorts of money on software and in manufacturing there's no money. It's that they've realized that to bring their people alive to have the craziest, coolest ideas, yes. they had to create an atmosphere that they were safe in. Yes. That they were able to come up with really great ideas. They, they, they promoted creativity. Exactly. And so I often look at manufacturers and say they hold their cards close and they don't create atmospheres for creative people. Um, the other thing that I've really witnessed, you know, Re based really, on, really quick related to that, I'm sorry to cut create you off. We, we have a partner, um, uh, this organization called MHUB, and we just went to visit their new facility. Yeah. And you go into this place and you walk in, you're like, wow. This is a cool place That's to right. work. It That's looks right. like one of these software companies, and it's it Starbucks looks like, yeah. with Google. Yeah, exactly. You and, know? But, but this is like a manufacturing That's of right. that, yeah. and but, it was great. But the the, the interesting thing, about, you know, when as I exited, I'm going to say exit because I never left. I actually, believe it or not, I am still currently officially employed by my old manufacturer. Oh, oh, yeah. I, you I, I, I don't do anything there anymore, but okay. I still have a form of a desk, Okay. And, 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 and I still was helping them with some consulting stuff, and I still helped them with some catalog stuff, and stuff that I knew about that other people didn't know about. Sure. They hadn't replaced me on, and so I have never really exited that relationship entirely, even though I only put in, I think, two hours last year. <laughs> you know, I just came over mm. as a friend, and. Um, and so that relationship still continues to, so I never left the industry, but as I, I started this edge factor thing and I wanted to yeah. tell stories of my colleagues, I wanted to work you know, on, on stories that would put them in so the, the it, right limelight. This brand was your brainchild. It was my brainchild. No child. one came to you. No one came to me. Jason Zanger didn't come to you one day and say, no. Jeremy. I I told you about edge factor. <laughs> no. No, Jason. He didn't, he no, didn't say. No, you did not. He didn't Let's say you look like a. You got a great face for uh, the camera. Jim likes to give me credit for everything. Yeah. I appreciate that. Honestly, I was wondering what those tire tracks were, but I got it now. I got it. That bus went over you a few times this morning already. <laughs> but, but the uh, the thing was, you know, as I as I got into this whole uh, idea of telling stories, um, we you know looked at. Hollywood and said they've done such a great job of making something feel exciting and sexy, you know. Yeah. And as an industry, the last thing I need to do is put something out that isn't going to represent my industry, okay? This is my industry. I want to represent my industry so well that other people look at it and say, I want to be part of that. And yes. so we, in our first production, we had jet boats and helicopters in the Niagara Gorge, this thing running up a a guy makes this boat that can navigate a class five rapids. We've got a guy that modifies helicopters to do the biggest touring business in Niagara. And we merge these two things and we tell our story of creating a camera that could withstand the pressures of water, hitting the camera rig and shooting everything in 3D. We brought the finished production here to INTS and we launched that in 2010. We had the governor stop by and we had all this stuff. And so we, we did this this great awesome experience and, and everybody was like freaking out about it. It was like, wow, we've never seen manufacturing like this before. That's awesome. And so we started talking with Sony and Discovery and all these people about what we were doing. But we realized very quickly, whoa, wait a second. What happened when the iPod came out to the music industry? Ch change everything. Oh, mm -hmm. it was, there was a whole new world that happened. A whole with this. New world. Yes. And and so we, I we realized away. 
Yeah, yeah, the free Ajax. <laughs> he was, you were really sad about that. But, but, and, and you know what? You should bring him back because all that stuff is. I know. The retro stuff is cool. Oh, I know. Though, you know? We talk like, about that. Yeah. I know. Where's Ryan at? You know, like RCA yeah. somehow did something right with that. You know, they brought it back. But anyway, the the uh, the whole idea was, as we 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 launched this brand, we realized we have to look to the future of where is media going. And you start to think about Netflix, and you, you know, TV's oh, awesome. We've been on the air now with, with Cox, and with, we've got different pocket and regionally with ABC and Fox. I'm this week meeting with NBC, and of course we value them as partners. But we also recognize that we are going to truly change how people look at the industry. If I want to change how I was viewed by my general public, when I would say, I make stuff, and they, well, what do you make? Oh, we, we have, we're in a machine shop, or we make, oh. Oh, yeah. So when are you going to get out of there? Yeah. When are you going to start pursuing the career? Right. Well, no, wait a second. It's not just a job. That's a career. It Let is. me tell you that and is a career. Cool. Well, it, 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 I looked, it's so funny because I'm, I consider myself an artist. You know, we do a lot of great high-end work. I'm in the you know, middle your, of it. Your stuff is beautiful. I mean, there's rock and oh, music a lot of times. I mean, it's, it's, it's really good stuff. We view it as, as high-level art. Yeah. But I see so much art in manufacturing, it's yes. crazy. Yes. Yes, I, I think of the art in, of what happened when I was presented a problem, and I was asked to use my mind to engage with that problem visualize what the solution might be, use a five-axis robotic machine to craft whatever shape was needed and understand the rake angles and the clearance angles and everything else that would have to go into that to create that solution to make that Mars rover better when it landed on the surface of wherever it was going. Wow. That's art right That's there. Art. That yes. is art. It's art. Yes. I mean, and it's so, like, you know, going back to, you know, Michelangelo, you know, chipping, a, chipping away at the marble, you know what yeah. I mean? And there's some beauty underneath that chunk of steel, you know, there really is. And, and But you know what's amazing to me is that in all these journeys, I've tried to talk to a lot of manufacturers about the need to really reshape it. And you sometimes just hit roadblocks. Every once in a while, you find that group of people that get it. But holy cow, am I ever surprised by the number of people that don't get it. Do you think it. it's generational? No. I have met some of the most progressive people who are in their 70s and 80s. Really? The I most it. progressive people wow. I know. Wow. It is well, I will creative. not let they I will not let someone tell me that age. Oh, you know what? I take exception that some people even are profiling their staff on who should be in the student summit. Mm -hmm. Because they say you should put young people down there to make it look like it's for young people. I'm like I have met 80-year-old men that had grade seven, eight, nine, an older white man engaging with black and, and, and all different ethnic backgrounds. Yeah. Isn't that, that's, inspiring I love that. them yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that and engaging them. Yeah. And you know why? Because they were passionate and they knew what they were talking about yeah. and what they were talking about was relevant. Yeah, absolutely. And so for me, with Edge Factor, right from the beginning, we knew we want to engage people through cinematic media. We need to quantify the results of what we are doing. Yes. And we need to be able to be relevant to a generation of students that do not find school very relevant. And I'm not talking about manufacturing anymore. I'm talking about learning, period. Right. Yes. They don't want to We live classroom. with a YouTube yeah. generation. Yeah. We have a group now of young people who are stimulated by media because that's the normal. Whether right. you like the normal or not, in your boardroom, you can sit around and make decisions if you want. But I'm telling you, if your decisions aren't made through the lens of the people who you are trying to target, you are not going to have good results. 
Spend time in the classroom. Dude, you Spend are, time. I am drinking the Kool-Aid, yeah. I gotta tell you, because everything you're saying, I could not agree with you more. So, so um, tell, tell yeah. us the impact that Edge Factor has made in the manufacturing industry. Yeah, success stories. Okay, so, so, so there's, so many stories we told now. You think about the Chilean mine rescue, big news story, yeah. and they drilled down, they yeah, rescued right. those 33 yeah, guys. Yeah. And if there was no successful hole, there was 33 corpses. Right. Where did that hole come from? It was a manufacturing team that didn't stop until they reinvented that technology, right. reached down and saved those guys. Yes. You think about the Boston bombings and how many people tragically lost limbs. How did they get back? Yes. to doing things that yes. they thought they had lost when that bomb went off and they found themselves in a hospital waking up to a limb. lost limb. Yeah. How did they get, well, a young man that I met, you know, he was a snowcross athlete, he loses his leg, goes on and uh, after losing his leg, within seven months he was at the X Games, wins a silver wearing a limb that he built. He was not a manufacturer, but he became one really quick because he believed that the idea that was in his head, he connected with his hand, he builds a solution. So we tell stories like this. I'm in the middle of a huge one right now. Uh, you, you may or may not have heard of the band Rush. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so, of course. Neil yeah. Peart's the drummer from Rush. Of course Jim's heard of him, he's old. Neil, Neil has co-written with me. Neil wrote a lot of, a lot of music. Neil's co-written with me. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, cool. Neil nice. uh, did voiceover in the film. Okay. No way. And I am working on a feature-length documentary that will actually be going into theaters next year. Really? This is going to be a series of TV shows that will be part of my season with Edge Factor. But all of this to take stories that are relevant to people. You see, music moves every one of us. I agree. So how does Rush relate to manufacturing? What, is, what does Neil play? I, I don't know. I don't know that. What does Neil play? He, the he drums. plays the drums. Yeah. Yeah. It, Google you, got the, you got the drums here at IMTS. Yes. We do. We do. No, not his drums. You not his drums. Those are in the Hall of Fame. Um, but if you, if, you, if you look at, if you Google Neil Peart, he is going to come up as the most influential drummer of all time. Neil Peart's kit is a masterful work of art yes. that is manufactured. And so Neil, Neil is, he, I mean, he's, he's mind-boggling as far as technical capabilities. But the, the, the point that I'm making with all this is that Edge Factor takes these stories that resonate with people. It, it, you know, somebody losing their leg and building a prosthetic limb. Somebody playing a drum kit by the most influential drummer in the world. I'm in the middle of something right now in NASA. I was walking around with somebody yesterday where, who doesn't dream about space? Right. Yep. We all do. These are, yeah. You only have to look up. And so many people, these are stories that move people. So I want to take a story, a topic that somebody, they get it. That's their thing, you know. Yeah. Oh, music, why is it so powerful? Because I back in the 70s, yeah. that song that plays upstairs will move you back to a moment when maybe your first child was you born get or your marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You get or you were yeah. going through a, 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 a hardship in your That's life right. at that time. Yeah. And you that see song, that... you connected with the lyrics of that song and it made you feel good for three minutes. Yeah. So can I blow your mind a little bit with yeah. that then? So, so. so you think about this, this beautiful tree that grows up and all these growth rings inside of that tree yeah. now, okay? And then we harvest that tree mm -hmm. and hopefully we do it at a time where we make room for other trees because then it's like a garden and we start to have this really healthy forest of tonal woods going on. Right. And we harvest this maple tree and now we cut it in half and one piece of it turns into planks that go into a factory that robots and CNC machines are gonna make into guitars with Taylor guitar and the other half gets stripped into veneer and it goes in turned into a drum kit much like the one you see upstairs at my booth and ultimately these growth rings of this tree have now been split apart into these instruments that go into hands of a musician either like myself or let's say you play drums and you're going to craft a piece of music 
that is going to create a song that will become part of someone else's life. And it will move them back to a point in their life. That song becomes immortal because totally. it lives on inside of you and suddenly you have an organic piece of material mm. in the growth ring that becomes part of your growth yeah. ring. Yes. And it becomes a piece of your organic material. It's all full circle. Yes. It's rhythms of, of time and life. That's and beautiful. why is it we can remember the lyric? I can remember the lyrics to songs that are back 40 That's years right. ago. And it just resonates with me. You know, exactly. Could, and yeah. what's the film called? Masters of Resonance. Yes. <laughs> there you Is that go. what it's called? That's what it's called. There okay. you go. That's, That's beautiful. We had um, we had Jason Harrelson from Harrelson Trumpets on uh, making chips, and he got into machining after he took apart his trumpet. Yeah. And he said, I need to make this thing better. Yeah. I need to, and, and the only it. way that I'm going to make this thing Love better it. is if I learn how to, how to program and how to machine and how to well, how cut it, chips and do it, it myself. Yeah. And so how does all this tie together? Like yeah. you talk about that and for me, it's, it's, it, it works this way. Bob Taylor, one of the most influential uh, guitar makers in the world, you know, he launched Taylor Swift. He brought her around yeah. and ultimately she became who she is, as we all know. And where did his start come from? Where did his luthier, um, that makes all of the new designs, where did they get their start? It was in the woodworking classroom. Hmm. Really? That is where they made their first guitars. That's where they fell in love with making things wow. and saw the, the, that, that, that making stuff was a potential career pathway. And so for Edge Factor, we want these stories to be the gateway to conversations with administrators and with the leaders, CTE leaders, with the parents and the students. And we take these stories and we deliver them through a platform, EDU Factor. Yep. And then when people log in and they start to watch our materials, they get exposed to things like CNC machines and then they see flashing on the screen something called G-code and then suddenly they can watch a little vignette video that's a parallel item inside of my platform. So it's not just entertainment. Now they can start to dissect. What is G-code? Oh, we got Mastercam helping us with that. What's metrology? Because I need to make sure that those parts going up to space are done right. Oh, that is, hey Zeiss, we partnered with Zeiss to make all that kind of like, oh, mechatronics. Well, Siemens does a lot of mechatronics, which happens to be the biggest company in the world. So we're partnering with Siemens to help make a whole series of mechatronics videos come alive. And so we use a great story to hook everybody and to get them jazzed up and entertain. And then we start to teach them about all these different areas of machining and we love chips, but we also love to see additive and 3D printing right. and, and, and all these things start to come alive inside of these stories. But best of all, we then can create metrics because we are able to help the, I'm thinking about a North Carolina group I'm working with right now, the economic development group goes, holy cow, our community is driven by industry. IT, HR, financing, legal, all of these areas of small companies in our community are fed by our big manufacturers like Bosch and Timken Bearings and all these guys. Mm -hmm. So they are desperate for employees. Economic development, workforce development, we have to figure this out in our community because we need these companies to grow. We need to get more companies to come to our community so we can grow everybody's lifestyle so that our restaurants do better. Right. Yeah. And all of we talk, the, we talk about elevating people from right. where they are and, move, and manufacturing is that conduit for, to elevate them out of whatever situation they're in Absolutely. into something better. Yeah, and, and the way you do it is to get them passionate, get them fired up, and you guys are definitely doing that. Well, we need to give factor. them the tools. Yeah. Yes. The tools yeah. to do that, because yeah. you know what? We, I, I've now been in front of, I've had the privilege of being invited to speak to a lot of people. And I would say that the majority of the people around me, they're the choir. 
Yeah. We all get yeah. it. Yeah, we yeah, drink yeah, we the Kool-Aid. Yeah, you don't have to convince Jim I and I to get excited about manufacturing. We went out for a nice dinner the other night. We did. We had a nice dinner. Yeah. How did we do that? We pay. I, did, I mean, I didn't pay. For, you paid for it. <laughs> well, you, I you, asked you were our guest. You were our guest. That's right. Yeah. We invited but, you. But yeah. I love, I love the, the to talk about the fact that. And didn't you meet some cool people? We made, we, yeah, yeah well, I, and we made some good friends. Yes. Right. And and I look at at, at, at manufacturing this way. We create wealth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And no so doubt about it. So many people want that restaurant would be empty without. That's us. right. Yeah. I'm serious. It really would. What, Look I'm at serious. manufacturing gave us the privilege to all, eat at that place yes, that night. Yes, right? It gave yeah. us that privilege. And we almost need that privilege. restaurant to understand how impactful manufacturing is to it, their it careers. Absolutely. Because they no probably clue. thought there was all no doctors oh, yeah, and lawyers in there. Yeah. Right. They have but no, no clue there was a table full of right. manufacturers. And, and you there. go around all of Chicago and it's full of all these successful business owners that that need manufacturing to thrive. And the, the lifeblood of manufacturing is young people coming into the industry, yep. and young people are not aware. Nope. We all talk about no. this perception problem. We have all this, and we're all going to these conferences and we're cheering each other on, okay. and we're, we got the Kool-Aid cups, but the truth is we don't actually take the time to understand how do we make impact in our community. So my, my focus, my 100% of, of who I am as a person with my whole team, I have a whole team devoted to this, is how do I understand what the pain points of that math teacher are? so that I can take manufacturing into the math classroom. I'm not actually that worried about helping manufacturers talk to manufacturing students mm -hmm. because they're the choir. Yep, they're there already. My whole focus is to reach outside of manufacturing and create tools that will be used to reach the masses of people outside of manufacturing to expose them and equip educators and other people to get into the industry. Yes. Yes. And so that's what I'm passionate about. That's I, awesome. I, it's resonating with us for sure, and I'm sure most of the people that you talk to, it, it's, it, it's contagious. And so I, how do people see Edge Factor? How do they feel the experience that you, that you produce? So Edge Factor, if you wanted to go to our website and you wanted to watch one of our films or something there called The Theater, okay. go check that out. So Manu go to edgefactor.com. Edgefactor.com. Manufacturing Day, if you haven't participated in that, you should. Yep. We've created a You're turnkey. You're a huge part of that. Absolutely. October We're the strategic content partner of that. We have a free toolkit with everything you need to put a Manufacturing Day event on. Right. And, and you make it cool. It's not just some boring kit. Well, it's, it, it's it, a, that depends cool. on your perspective. Because yeah. if, if you think right. someone building a piece of their own body, or somebody sending something to space, or a race car, if you don't think that stuff's not cool, I can't help you. Exactly. But if you do think so, those things are cool, that's what Edge Tractor does. I think music does. is cool. Me too. So there you go. So from our perspective, what are we what are we really fired up about right now? We're fired up about making steam relevant, CT, current technical ed. I got I, just one analogy here. If you have a table in front of you and you think about that as a CTE table, and there are so many people who see CTE as the place where we stick our bad kids or our dumb kids. Let's stick them in there because that's where, oh, you want to make something with your hands, you're not smart enough to go for a four-year degree. Kid, that can't stay in its that's seat. Right. You know? let's, let's drop them in that program and let's hopefully kind of hope they might graduate someday because, and then, no, let's sweep all that off, okay? Let's sweep that whole table off and let's talk about this. Hey, parent, are you interested while your child is in high school to work on something that the astronauts will use on the space station in conjunction with a NASA program that is sort of pre-engineering? Who wants to sign up for that? Because I think every I mean, hand's going to go yeah, up, yeah, right? Yeah. And that is what we are doing in CTE. Yeah. Up in our booth, we've got this piece of a space station that get up students there. are going to work. Yeah. And so for me, 
this is, we have to stop having the same sort of conversations. We just have to change the slate. Manufacturing's freaking unreal. Yep. We got vehicles upstairs that have been printed. We've got robots printed, yeah. that you can now change. It's like a print head. You want to print different colors, that's great. But how about a robot that can change different materials and you can use a robot arm. That's awesome. It's freaking unreal. Yeah, it is, it's awesome. awesome. Who, awesome. who would have thought? Yeah. Who yeah. Thought? We've just anyway. got to blow people's minds with this yeah. and expose them to it. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, um, thank you yeah, for being God. here. I mean, this is, I, I think we need to we need to follow up with you again, definitely at some yeah, point. For and sure. I, I love the relationship that we're I do too. That we're We only scratched here. the surface. We yeah, didn't get into anything controversial yet. This I is, know. Anyway, awesome. What did my dad always tell me when I was uh, growing up in the shop? I He'd say, "Jim, you don't remember." <laughs> do you know what my dad used to tell me all the time? Make chips. If you're not making chips, you're not making money. money. Bam, bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. 